to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Richard Harris. Hello, everybody. This is Richard Harris. Welcome to the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. Uh, so glad to have you joining us today. We've got a great program lined up for you, and uh, it's going to be really awesome. I'm going to tell you about our special guest here in just a minute. Uh, before we get into the program, though, I did want to share uh, some reminders with you. The first one, of course, is that tomorrow is Election Day in many, many states across the nation. Uh, now, this isn't what we call an off year, so we're not electing uh, congressmen and presidents and that sort of thing, but in, in thousands of jurisdictions, all over the United States. Tomorrow we are electing school board members, city council members, county commissioners, and the like. So be sure to get your ballot and cast your vote according to biblical values. And I want to encourage you guys that if you live in the state of Colorado, you can check out Truth and Liberty's voter guides on transformcolorado.org as we are covering 30 different school districts in the state of Colorado. If you're not in Colorado, I encourage you to check out the resources from our friends at iVoterGuide. Uh, and there are links under our resources uh, section of our website where you can find iVoterGuide or just Google iVoterGuide and their website will probably be the, uh, on, the, on, the front, on the first page of your results. So be sure to vote. Remind your family and friends to vote and vote according to biblical values. All right. So I uh, also wanted to mention this week in the Atlanta area, Andrew is holding a Gospel Truth Conference. He's going to be ministering along with Greg Fritz, another fantastic Bible teacher. I promise you, if you make it out to this event, you will not be disappointed. Uh, it's November 9th through the 11th at the Gas South Convention Center, and you can still register on awmi.net. And how many of you know that Thanksgiving is actually right around the corner? And after, I can't believe that. Uh, I'm amazed that it's already Thanksgiving time, November. But anyway, here at the ministry, we have a number of holiday activities, including a live nativity. So the live nativity, we bring in actual camels and cows and sheep and donkeys. There's a, there's a guy riding around on a horse as a Roman soldier. Um, of course, the baby Jesus and the Holy Family and all of that. But come check it out. It's a sight to behold. The campus will be lit up with beautiful Christmas lights. It's December 15th through the 17th. Make your plans now for that at Karis Bible College. It's a free event, no ticket required. All right, you guys. So uh, one other thing before I introduce our guest, I want to ask you, are you a Truth and Liberty member today? You might be like, Richard, what's a member? Well, a member is anyone who's signed up to make an automatic recurring contribution of just $5 or more per month to the Truth and Liberty uh, on our website. So if you want to support the work that God's doing here at Truth and Liberty, it's real easy. Uh, for about the price of an uh, espresso, you can become a Truth and Liberty member uh, once a month cup of coffee, right? Uh, that's not much of a sacrifice to save your country, right? So go to truthandliberty.net, go to the donate page and become a member today. All right. 
So my very special guest today is Rich Bennett, and uh, Rich is the CEO of Life Network, located here in Colorado Springs, just right down, as we say, the hill, right down the mountain a little ways in Colorado Springs, Life Network, one of the largest networks for um, uh, pregnancy resource centers and frankly one of the best uh, in Colorado for sure. I think way back in the day Andrew Womack was one of the uh, one of the founders of Life Network and we participate in your annual gala and just love the work that you're doing at Life Network. Rich, thanks for joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here and you're exactly right. Andrew has a long-standing involvement with us dating back to 40 years ago when the ministry started and so his his commitment to life is longstanding, and, and certainly we've been blessed by that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Rich, I, you, ha, you actually have a long history supporting families and biblical values when it comes to families and the culture and that sort of thing. You used to work at uh, Focus on the Family, also down in Colorado Springs. So you've spent uh, a big chunk of your life supporting families and God's uh, vision for the family. Yeah, if you think about it, for two decades I've gotten to be a part of making sure life is valued. And that's mm -hmm. pre-born life, that's moms and dads as parents, uh, first at Focus and then in the last seven years uh, at Life Network. And I was on the board for five years prior to that. And so the Lord really did instill in me uh, in my early 20s a passion for seeing life valued. And of course we're called biblically to see life valued. Uh, but God gave me a, a personal passion for that uh, just in our first year of marriage uh, to my wife and I. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And you've got Three kids? We have two, two. Adult, two adult children, children, which when I say that, I still feel like I'm talking about somebody else. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got a 24-year-old and a 21-year-old, uh -huh. and uh, it's, it's hard to believe they grow up fast, as, as you hear. Well, Rich, I, you know, here on Truth and Liberty, we, we talk about the um, life issue or the abortion issue a fair amount. Um, and we every so often we'll have a guest on to talk about it, and uh, you know we work on we work uh, consistently with with uh, not just Life Network. I know you you led a work, workshop at our conference, but like Students for Life and Susan B. Anthony List and and others. And I, you know I do it because I think that uh, <clears throat> you know we had the miracle of our lifetime with Roe versus Wade being overturned. And it's now no longer a constitutional right under federal law to have an abortion, but we still have a huge amount of work to do to protect innocent life in America. That's for sure. And, you know, with, with Roe gone, I think some people might have misunderstand uh, out of the gate that that means abortion is gone. And hopefully by now, more than a year later, people realize that's not the case. We really live in a checkered United States when it comes to abortion law. And so we have 14 states that have profound protections for the preborn. And so a state like, uh, you know, my friend who leads a center in Tennessee, uh, you know, they have a law that outlawed abortion completely. Then there are heartbeat laws like in Texas, uh, virtual, you know, earliest possible life protections. Uh, most of the country, unfortunately, uh, is uh, not that. Mm -hmm. And so they have, uh, you know, laws in place where uh, they're, they're basically focused on when they believe a baby is viable. And so that's going to be somewhere between 18 weeks and 28 weeks. Uh, and then you have states like Colorado, uh, which are the worst of all, that allow abortion right up until birth. And there are six of those states, plus Washington, D.C. And so we really are in a, a checkered country when it comes to valuing life. Are lives being saved because Roe was overturned? 
Absolutely. Was it a tremendous win after 50 years? Absolutely. But there is, as you say, so much more work to be done. Yeah, and, and the issue is, um, you know, from a moral perspective, it's somewhat, it's somewhat simple. From a ministry perspective, it, it gets relatively complicated, though, doesn't it? Because we're dealing with live human beings, women in crisis, uh, babies in crisis, in a sense, because their very lives are threatened. But abortion is, uh, there, there's, uh, it's not just surgical abortion now, we're facing chemical abortion, right? Chemical abortion is the dominant form of abortion in our country. Here in Colorado, 68% of abortions are chemical abortions, and nationally, it's now well over half. And with you know the advent of mail order abortions, sadly, with chemical abortions and mail order combined, a woman's closest abortion clinic is now her mailbox. Wow, that's stunning. So when we say, when you say chemical abortion, we're talking about what is commonly called the abortion pill, right? That's right, which is actually uh, a series of two pills uh, and or two treatments as the case may be. And so that first treatment, uh, you know, is basically what's going to end the life of that baby. And uh, that typically, uh, you know, within uh, you've got a, a narrow window, and I know we'll talk about this, yeah. that you might be able to undo that. And then the second pill or series of pills then is what expels uh, the baby, and that is done uh, increasingly at home uh, in a DIY abortion. And, and so the, the FDA, our federal government has really become, you know, dominated, I think, uh, by, I'll just say this, by progressive mentality, right? Liberals and this sort of thing. And the FDA actually has suspended the rules for abortion medication, right? For the, the abortion pill. And you don't have to have a doctor uh, see a doctor. You don't have to go into a doctor's office. You can actually just order it off the internet. Which is really breathtaking. Uh, prior to COVID, this was not a thing. The FDA said that wouldn't be safe for mom, uh, that wouldn't be safe for baby. Well, nothing's changed other than during COVID, it was ruled you know, necessary medical care, and then it never went away. And so now you have mail order abortion uh, anywhere uh, you know that that a woman can order it. And even in those states, those 14 states, there are websites that will help navigate around that so that you can still get a mail order abortion at home. And so, you know, there's, there's a ruling right now uh, that might undo that, and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but th this is a great tragedy that I think isn't being talked about because it's putting women and, of course, their babies at risk. So it, we hear about the number of abortions, and we hear statistics from time to time. Um, do those statistics include uh, chemical abortions, typically? That's an excellent question. I would say to the best of, uh, you know, the ability to do that. Yeah. Uh, increasingly, I think we are going to see abortion numbers high as they are, understated, not overstated, uh, because it gets more and more difficult when you're talking about tracking a chemical abortion. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Life Network a little bit. What, tell, tell us what does Life Network do and I know you do a lot of different things, but there's some people who have never even seen or set foot in a pregnancy resource center. They don't really even know what that is. Yeah, well, let me start by saying I know that there are viewers not just nationally, but internationally. 
And thankfully, there are pregnancy resource centers uh, all across this country and all across this world. We get to operate the three here in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is meet women and men every day who are facing unexpected pregnancies and ultimately come alongside them, help them take a breath in that moment and realize that there are options other than the option that culture says is easy and increasingly steers women and men to, which is abortion. And so really just giving them a safe space to process. Uh, in our case, and in over 60% of pregnancy centers, we have nurses on staff, and so they're getting medical care uh, and a trained, compassionate individual that's coming alongside them, and first and foremost, hearing their story. And so at our three centers, it's an opportunity for a young woman and increasingly a young man. Uh, over half of the time, we're getting to see the father of that baby in a separate room uh, and talking to him about him and talking to her about her and just giving them the safe space to be able to process all the things they're thinking and feeling. Because until you do that, you can't talk about the child that's growing inside her. Mm. Uh, she's thinking about her and most likely she's thinking about what does this do to my finances? She's thinking about, I don't have adequate housing now, how can I take care of a child? She's thinking about the death of a dream uh, to go to school, to continue school. And so all of those things are very real things that might cause a young woman or a young man to pursue abortion. And so to help them walk through uh, all of those things, understand that those are natural fears, and then understand that there's help that can come alongside them to navigate that and to choose to parent. Wow, and so you said a couple, several things in there that I wanna just sort of pull out and make sure everybody understood and heard. You, a Life Network actually has medical personnel on staff to help care for this, uh, this woman facing an unplanned pregnancy. Tell us a little bit more about that. What kind of medical care can they expect? Yeah, we're blessed to have eight staff nurses who are all registered nurses, medically trained, and currently seven of our eight nurses are sonogram trained, uh, which is means that they're, they're trained to be able to provide an ultrasound. Then in addition to that, we currently have 11 medical professionals who volunteer. Uh, that's three doctors, that's an EMT, and the rest are trained nurses as well. And so we are really blessed to be well-resourced from a medical standpoint, not only meeting and seeing women and men who are facing unexpected pregnancies, uh, but also providing STD testing and treatment. And every once in a while, I have somebody say, well, that's kind of odd for a pregnancy center. Uh, there are a number of reasons why it's very strategic. Uh, number one, it gives uh, us the opportunity for, to help a young person meet a medical need, but then make healthier decisions in the future. Mm. And so that is a big part of what we get to do there. Unfortunately, sometimes today's uh, STD appointment is tomorrow's pregnancy appointment, and so there is that reality. But when a woman has a terrific experience with us, um, that word of mouth that results from that STD appointment is significant, and that can result in us being able to be there for more women and more men in our city. So the, you don't charge for these services, right? Yeah, our, our services are the low, low cost of free, and that's through the generosity of donors like Andrew and others around the country uh, who care about life and want to see life valued through our three centers or through the nearly 3,000 centers across the United States. Wow, 3,000 
pregnancy resource centers across the United States. How many, just out of curiosity, how many Planned Parenthoods are there? You know, it's, it's about 300. It's okay. far less than that. And you know, you hear about if Planned Parenthood went away, there would be, uh, you know, no women's health care. Not only is that nonsense from a pregnancy center standpoint, there are thousands of other women's health clinics around the country. Uh, we would not miss Planned Parenthood for a whole host of reasons, but least, not the least of which is there is plenty of women's health care. So those who, on the people who stand up and say, oh, government, you need to fund Planned Parenthood because of women's health. And they'll say, oh, we're doing pap smears and we're doing, uh, you know, STD treatment and all this other stuff. The, the fact is that they're doing abortions. Abortion is their number one service. If it weren't for abortion, they wouldn't exist. Am I right on that? Oh, you're exactly right. And there used to be an effort to deny that. And I do think it's really interesting in the last two years, that's not the case anymore. Now they've embraced it. Yeah. Um, and you know, all you have to do is look at their own data, look at their annual report, and it makes it very clear. Uh, their data most recently tells us that for every 200 abortions, there was one woman who was helped on her parenting journey, meaning she was provided prenatal care. So one half of 1% of women uh, relative to the number of abortions. Yeah. So it is a small, small part of what it, they do. And you're saying that <clears throat> there are so many other providers of women's health care services uh, that the 300 Planned Parenthood abortion clinics could be done away with and women's health as a general rule would not be adversely affected at all? Well, not only because there are other clinics, but now you would not have 300 clinics that are intentionally, because they're in the business of abortion, navigating them toward abortion. So uh, both from a standpoint of the resources exist, but then also from the standpoint of you know, the healthiest option for a woman, of course, isn't abortion, yeah. which Planned Parenthood is incented by their business model to steer a woman toward. Oh, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're watching The Truth and Liberty Live Calling Show. I'm Richard Harrison. This is Rich Bennett, my special guest today, who's the CEO of Life Network. Uh, it's a network of three pregnancy resource centers located in Colorado Springs, and they are really top-notch, uh, delivering excellent services and care and support for women and and fathers and, and, uh, and even babies. Uh, and so just a delight to have Rich on the show today. We're a live call-in show, folks. So if you've got a comment or a question, it can be about abortion or the life issue or even any biblical question you might have today, please feel free to call in. Our number's on the upper right-hand part of the screen. There you can see it, 719-619-2341. And also I wanted to mention that the uh, Andrew Womack Ministries prayer line is open. It's now 24 seven. Uh, so if you need someone to agree with you in prayer, please don't hesitate to pick up the phone and call in to 719-635-1111. Andrew has a room full of trained prayer ministers who uh, would love to hear from you and agree with you before the Lord in prayer. All right, Rich, well, let's go back to talking about Life Network a little bit here because I want people to sort of get a sense for the, just the dedication to excellence that, that your organization has. Um, you, you probably don't even know this, but when God called me to leave my law practice in Oklahoma and come here to Karis Bible College 11 years ago, Karis has a, a service hour requirement. And so I toyed around with some different things and then ultimately decided I want to go work uh, volunteer at Life Network. And so I went down and went through a whole training session that was 
just phenomenal. Uh, we were trained in uh, STD statistics, in abortion statistics, in how to minister to a woman and to a, a father of an unborn child, and all this other amazing stuff. And I was so impressed uh, with all the things that you do and the quality and, and really the love and care that goes into it. So. Um, I kind of stole your thunder there, but can you comment on that? What is your mindset here? Is it just to stop abortion or is it bigger than that? Yeah, if you're truly a pro-life Christian, you care about all life. And that means the life of that mom, the life of that dad, and the life of that baby. And that is really our ministry philosophy. And so everything we do is centered around caring for all three. Mm -hmm. And we know that that father plays a huge role in yeah. terms of whether or not that mom is going to feel confident and equipped and supported to choose to parent. And so we're going to be there for him. We're of course going to be there uh, initially, first and foremost, for her. And then, as you said, we get the opportunity to be there for that baby. And we haven't really touched on it, um, but you know, once a mom and a dad choose to parent, their journey is just beginning, and we want to be there for them in that. And so we have a robust parenting program program where they are paired with a coach. And I don't know if you were being trained to be a fatherhood coach at that time yeah. or one of our male client advocates, but they're going to, you know, a mom and a dad are going to get paired with a coach. And that person is going to walk with them one on one up until their child is two, which means for almost wow. three years, they're getting poured into one on one. Um, or in some cases, if that doesn't meet their needs, they could be a part of a parenting class. As we're doing that, and this isn't just true of our center, this is true of other centers around the country. We're providing them resources, really resources they're earning as a result of being a part of that parenting program. Mm -hmm. And that's a crib, a car seat, baby clothes, diapers, formula, and more. We happen to have a thrift store, so they can earn gift cards for the thrift store. Now mm -hmm. we're not only meeting the needs uh, revolving around baby, but that mom and that dad as well. Yeah, I think back when I was uh, going through the training, they called them baby bucks or something like that, right? Where mom and dad, by going through the different other, you know, the classes and different things like that, they can get so many baby bucks and then they can redeem them for the stroller and the car seat and the diapers and everything else. That is the currency of Life Network <laughs> and other pregnancy centers yeah. like ours. And actually recently, uh, you know, our men were saying, you know, that's not terribly manly. And so now we have man bucks. Man bucks. And so our guys can earn man bucks and then uh, our ladies are earning the baby bucks. But yeah, that is exactly what's happening. And of course, it's all designed around getting them all the resources that they need right. and incenting them to continue to stay involved. And, you know, early on, maybe those first two months, the incentive is those baby bucks or those man bucks, but very quickly that shifts and the incentive is that coach mm -hmm. and that one-on-one -on -one <clears throat> relationship of somebody pouring into them and making a meaningful difference in their lives. And we have tremendous coaches. Uh, some of them are staff members um, and those are going to be for our more difficult situations, but then really it's trained women and trained men who in most cases have raised their kids and now they want to come alongside moms and dads that maybe didn't have what they had. And you know, the majority of our clients, unfortunately, didn't have a healthy household. Right. And so they don't know what that looks like. How are they going to model something that they didn't see? And that's what a coach can do for them. Wow, that's so exciting. So, you know, I've heard leftists uh, or pro-abortion people um, accuse pro-lifers and say, um, you only care about life before birth. You couldn't care less 
about life after birth, and what you've told me just totally disproves that. You know, there was a great tweet, uh, which I guess now is somehow X, so I don't know if we don't call it tweet anymore. Yeah. I don't know what you call there it was now. A great what do you call it, an X? X. <laughs> anyway, uh, a few years ago, there was a tweet, and it was a pro-abortion individual saying just that. Uh, you care about the baby, but what about those moms and dads? Uh, you don't do anything for them. What do you do? I'll wait, a little snarky, I'll wait at uh -huh. the end. Well, this person didn't have to wait long. Within 48 hours, there were over 12,000 responses. Responses like, I've taken a single mom into my home. Um, I personally support our pregnancy center financially, or I volunteer at my local pregnancy center. 12,000 responses of meaningful support of men and women around the country uh, refuting that very thing. And I will say, I've sat next to people on planes and where I'm brave enough to share what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, and they believe that pregnancy centers just care about the baby and that's all that they do, or somehow that's all pro-life people care about. And when they find out otherwise, they're shocked mm -hmm. because that's the narrative that's being told again and again, and it could not be more untrue. Well, that's fantastic. So um, now let's say that a woman um, comes to you and she's, you know, distraught, does not feel like she is able to raise the child or care for the child. Does Life Network provide any counseling or referral for her for adoption? Great question. Um, you know, legally in Colorado and in other pro-abortion states, a woman has three legal choices. Uh, she could choose abortion, tragically. Uh, she can choose to parent, or she can make a really courageous decision, uh, and that's make an adoption plan. And so we do have three different organizations that we work with that will help her in that, one of whom will come on site in that moment if they have somebody available. Unfortunately, that option of adoption is the one that is most quickly discarded. Mm -hmm. About 3% of our clients and patients will choose adoption. It's not because we're not talking about it, it's not because we're not presenting that option, but it's what's seen and what feels like the hardest of the three. And if you put yourself in a woman's shoes, uh, you can understand some of the dynamics that could go into that in terms of, I'm still having to carry this pregnancy, the judgment that might come with that, and then recognizing at some level that it would be hard to give up that child. Now, they don't see it the same way with abortion. And again, that's not a logical decision it's an emotional decision mm -hmm. at that time but we absolutely do provide adoption referrals and then we made a decision five years ago to offer on-site professional counseling mm -hmm. what we used to do was refer women and men to other services that were free or no cost uh, or low cost in the city but increasingly what would we would find is that due to time uh, concerns, transportation concerns, trust issues, they would never get the care that they needed. The moment we brought that care into our centers, that changed. Mm. And so last year, there were 35 women that received professional counseling above and beyond what a parenting coach does at our centers. Wow, so is that like counseling for uh, uh, substance abuse or depression or things like that? Great question. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cl clinical depression, uh, suicide ideation. Um, I would say 
um, the trauma, past mm -hmm. trauma, right. so needing to heal over past trauma. A coach can do a tremendous amount, but if they're not a trained counselor, then they really need above and beyond care, and that's mm -hmm. what our counselors do. Wow, that's amazing. Well, so we're here on the Truth and Liberty Livecast, and uh, I'm just learning a ton right here, and, and uh, I can imagine what this is like for you guys. Listen, this is the live call-in show, so be sure to call in. You have a chance and opportunity now to, uh, to talk to a CEO of an actual pregnancy resource center network. And uh, so be sure to take advantage of that opportunity. The number is 719-619-2341. We'd love to hear from you. Our guest today is Rich Bennett, uh, the CEO of Life Network in Colorado Springs. And so we're talking about abortion. We're talking about life. We're talking about the Christian response to this issue, the political response and everything else today. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. We're about at the end of our first segment now. And so we're going to go ahead and take a break of about 90 seconds, share some information with you, and we'll be right back after this short break. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Well, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. I'm Richard Harris. My guest today, again, is Rich Bennett, the CEO of Life Network. And we've been talking about what does Life Network do, um, all the different services and care that you provide to parents, uh, not just moms, but dads too. And this is something that's still a little bit new uh, in the, in the pro-life movement is the recognition that hey, uh, it's not just the mom that's in crisis, it's the father too. Um, and so what do you do for these, these dads? I assume a lot of times they're young men. Um, and uh, how does a young man come to you guys? What in the world is that like? Now, I assume most of the time they're going to be with the mother, but maybe not always. Yeah, more often than not, that is the case. And anytime a young mom contacts us, uh, if it's a safe situation for her, if it's a relationship where she feels comfortable inviting the father of the baby, and fortunately for us, the majority of the time, we're finding that to be true. Uh, over half of the time, we will get to meet that father of the baby at least once. And um, that can run the gamut in terms of where he is at 
in that decision-making process. He could be a voice for life, he could be a voice for abortion, uh, but Richard actually most likely, he feels he has no voice. Mm. And so it, the most common response that we hear from fathers is not one of you need to have an abortion, although we do hear that. Um, and, and some of those fathers we may never meet, right? Yeah. But it's actually a response that our culture has educated him into, which is uh, it's her decision and I will support her in whatever decision she makes. That is what culture has taught men. And if I'm being honest, when I graduated from the University of Kansas now more than 30 years ago, even as a Christian young man, I bought that lie. That was the answer that I was supposed to be given. Men should be silent. Men aren't the ones that are pregnant. And the reality is when a woman finds herself pregnant, she wants support and she wants support from that father of the baby first and foremost. If that father is there and engaged, it makes a huge difference. And just as an illustration of that, at our centers last year, if a mom met a baby via ultrasound, and we provided more than a thousand ultrasounds last year, 86% of the time, she chose to parent. Mm. The power of seeing that life face to face is huge. Mm. If the father of that baby is there as well, that number goes to 97 percent. Oh my goodness. And that is not just true at Life Network in Colorado Springs. That is true of centers around the country. That's actually a CareNet data point as well. CareNet being an affiliating body of pregnancy centers nationwide. But that's what we find as well. 97 percent of the time. You're, that is the power of an engaged father. You're saying that we would say that almost all of your clients' babies would be saved if we could get the mom and the father of the child to see the child on ultrasound. It makes a huge difference. And that's where getting the father in the building uh, and having him there present for that ultrasound is making a big difference every day. Even without ultrasound though, the father um, plays a big role in the, the mom's decision to abort or not, right? So tell us about the, the mindset of women facing unplanned pregnancy and how important that is. Yeah, in fact, statistically, he plays the most important role. And so if that father chooses to engage, if that father is there to support her, the likelihood that she is gonna to choose to parent goes way, way, way up. And so it really is the work of the enemy that he feels like the right response and the response that he's been educated into is to be silent and to support her by saying, I will do whatever it is that she wants to do. Because that's what culture has told him. Uh, if he doesn't buy that lie and if he engages, even if they've gotten things biblically out of order, meaning that they're not a married couple, which is our typical scenario, right. uh, God can redeem that. Uh, and we know that the healthiest outcome for that baby is an engaged mom and an engaged dad. And so that is really our goal, is to equip her and equip him to train up that child, to be confident, equipped, and hopefully, ultimately, God-honoring parents. Gosh, you know, uh, how do you take say a 19 or 20 year old man who's just gotten his girlfriend pregnant, right? And you persuade him that he should step up to the plate here, be a man, take responsibility for this child and for this woman. How do you do that? Yeah, that's cer it's certainly something done over time. Mm -hmm. And I think about a young man that I'll call Stephen. And we served Stephen a number of years ago. 
And in fact, this is my first year in the building, so this would have been six years ago. And I got to be there for his wife graduating from our motherhood program. Mm -hmm. And I was standing in the back and they were all loving on her and celebrating her. And Stephen turned to me and he said, you know, Rich, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my coach. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? I wouldn't be in this room, I wouldn't still be in this relationship if my coach hadn't spoken truth to me. And then he proceeded to share that uh, he didn't come from a healthy background. And so he believed the lie the enemy was telling him, which is, she will be better off without me. And he was going to leave the situation. Uh, thankfully, uh, God brought him into our centers and we encouraged him to come. Uh, and that coach met with him and started speaking truth to him. and instilling confidence in him and helping him understand that it doesn't have to look like what he came to know as a child and it can look different. And so when we were standing in the back of that room at graduation, not only was he a confident, equipped, God-honoring parent, he and his wife, now wife, had gotten married and they were expecting their second child, oh this time an expected pregnancy. That is redemption at work and that is the power of pouring into a young man. Well, that is so exciting. Um, well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, women who come to you and are the victims of, mm. you know, maybe rape or incest or human trafficking or that sort of thing. What happens then? Because, you know, this is the card that always gets played out. Oh, well, what about rape, incest, and um, these other things? How do you handle those situations? Yeah, well, and, and let me start by saying that that is the card that is played, right? Mm -hmm. And there is no state that does a better job of tracking abortion data than the state of Florida. And every year, uh, sadly, even though Florida does have some more restrictions than Colorado, there are about 80,000 abortions in the state of Florida, which makes them a statistically significant sample, right? And so those exceptions that you just mentioned, uh, rape, incest, um, abuse, uh, thankfully, those comprise just one half of 1% of all of those abortions in Florida. And that's data that you can find online, one half of 1%. So what we're talking about are the hardest of the hard situations, and mercifully, they're very, very rare. But in those situations, and we do see those, those are clearly the hardest of the hard. Uh, it doesn't mean that that life that's growing inside her isn't a human life, mm -hmm. but it means that is a uniquely difficult circumstance. And so we're certainly going to um, be overly sensitive to the reality that she's facing. And there are all kinds of amazing stories of redemption, even in those hardest of the hard circumstances, where a woman chooses not to compound tragedy with tragedy, mm -hmm. not to compound that tragedy of that rape with the tragedy of abortion. Mm -hmm. Because we know that even though that's a very courageous and difficult decision, uh, that is the healthiest decision for her long term. Uh, and we do sadly see those circumstances, and again, they are mercifully rare. Yeah, yeah. So what can, a, say, a local church do to help with the question of life? Can they come alongside you guys, support you, vo send volunteers? What, 
What's some ways that churches can get involved and make a difference? Well, and I'll start by bragging on uh, the more than 150 churches in Colorado Springs that engage with us in some way, shape, or form. About half of those uh, contributed financially. And so certainly we've talked about all of our services are no cost at Life Network. Mm -hmm. And so that, that plays a, a good role. Uh, but I would say even more than that, uh, talking about the life issue, making sure that um, the men and women in that congregation know that there's a pregnancy center there that stands ready to care for women and men who are facing an unexpected pregnancy, uh, and also preaching and teaching on life. Mm. And, uh, you know, a lot of pastors, uh, unfortunately, this is another case where I think, you know, the lie of the enemy would say, that's a political issue and I don't want to be political in church. Now, of course, that's not any of your, of your viewers that they would agree with that, but I think a lot of pastors have bought that lie and so they feel like it's talking politics to talk about abortion. Well, long before it was a political issue, it was a biblical issue and it's an issue that is close to the heart of God. Mm -hmm. And so pastors talking about that, inviting leaders like me or leaders of their local pregnancy center to come and share about life and share about the miracles that God does in a pregnancy center every day. I love getting the opportunity uh, to go into one of our partner churches and to be able to share uh, stories of impact, uh, measures of impact, and then invite people into that impact. Mm -hmm. So does, uh, does Life Network uh, make uh, referrals to churches, like say you have a client and you're, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the coaching will ultimately involve question of God and life and where does life come from and these sorts of things. And at that point, is there any kind of con a, attempt to connect the clients to a local church? Without question. And sometimes that can be really difficult mm -hmm. uh, because of misperceptions about the church or maybe somebody has experienced or feels like they've experienced church hurt. Um, but one of the goals of all of those church partnerships is to do just that. We, we aren't equipped to be their church. Mm -hmm. There are seasons where we have Bible studies and we might be able to offer that. Certainly they're getting spiritual counsel, uh, ultimately Christian counsel with permission from their coach and maybe even earlier in their pregnancy center appointment. Uh, Last year across the almost 2,000 patients we served, uh, we had almost, well, more than 3,500 faith conversations, and we saw 90 patients or clients make decisions for Christ. And so 90 people in the kingdom of God that we know about, um, and way more seeds thrown than that. But when one of those 90 makes that decision, we want to get them connected with a local church. And that's absolutely another role that the local church plays. Well, that's amazing. So you're not just saving uh, life in this world, you're saving life under the next world. So yeah. that's awesome. So what, what basically, uh, how many, let, let's just take last year, for example, Rich, uh, if you can count it, if you do count it this way, but how many babies were saved, do you think, through Life Network? We actually do count it that way. And so, you know, I mentioned a thousand ultrasounds, but then if we just narrowly look at um, about the um, last year for us, it was almost 60% of women that were truly abortion-minded or abortion-determined. Again, those are our hardest of the hard appointments, and they're the majority of our appointments now. Um, when we look at just that group of women, uh, we know there were at least 324 little lives saved last mm -hmm. year. Wow. And so, uh, again, we kind of hold ourselves to a tight measure on that because it's got to be a woman who really came in saying, I already have my abortion appointment, or maybe, in the, as we talked about, 
about earlier, I've already ordered the chemical abortion, it's sitting on my kitchen counter, but I'm just not sure. And 324 times, women made the courageous decision to parent, which means 324 little lives saved. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, again, this is the Truth and Liberty Live Calling Show, and I'm Richard Harris, and this is Rich Bennett, the CEO of Life Network, a, uh, an awesome network of pregnancy resource centers located in Colorado Springs. As you just heard him say, they are literally saving lives uh, down there, both physical and spiritual, doing a great work for the Lord. And it's so fascinating to just talk with you, Rich, and to hear the inside uh, story of base, inside baseball here, kind of, you know. Um, and and I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, um, what can we do what, what needs to happen in order for Life Network to save more babies, to save more lives? Do you need, your, do you need the word to get out? Do you need uh, some kind of change in the laws? Obviously, we'd love to restrict abortion, but let's set that aside for a second. What can be done to help you guys be more effective, reach more people? Yeah, I mean, you know, as, as Christians, we hear about time, talent, and treasure. And whether you're in Colorado Springs, Colorado, another state, uh, in our country or somewhere internationally. There are pregnancy centers uh, almost certainly near you. And so the first and foremost would be, you know, seek the Lord and say, you know, where is God calling me to give of my time, my talent, or my treasure? An example of each one of those time would be, um, I can tell you this, every day in Colorado Springs, there are at least seven women who are facing an unexpected pregnancy and at least vulnerable to abortion. When you wake up in the morning, pray for those seven women. Pray for those women in your city that are facing an unexpected pregnancy. Uh, we are blessed that we have more than 200 individuals who are committed to pray for us weekly or monthly. And that's just the ones I know about. I had a gentleman stop me uh, back when I belonged to a, a fitness center and he saw my walk shirt. Uh, I was wearing the Walk for Life, walk for Life, Life Network t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And I uh, said, oh, Life Network, I love them. And then I actually shared, oh, I actually have the privilege of working there, I'm their president. And he got really serious and uh, almost teary and he said, I pray for you every day. Wow, now he's not on a prayer list anywhere that I know of, yeah. but he's committed to prayer. And you can do that too with your time, with your talent, or you know, I say you know, you even more than talent, just the Lord's leading. Uh, think about volunteering at a pregnancy yeah. center as you headed down the path of doing four years ago. Yeah. Uh, we can't do what we get to do without people serving in our centers. And then of course the treasure piece, like most pregnancy centers around the country, all of our services are available at no cost, and that's through the generosity of individual donors. And so supporting your local pregnancy center uh, is it makes a huge difference. And what we've seen in Colorado Springs, all of those services I talked about, professional counseling, STD testing and treatment, uh, and more was the result of treasure coming in and the Lord expanding our territory and giving us the opportunity to provide more and more services. And so as that's happened, uh, we're getting really an unprecedented opportunity to care for women and men in profound ways. Tell us about what's your website so people can learn more about it. Yeah, our website is the letter E for everyone because we want everyone involved, lifenetwork.com. So elifenetwork.com. 
Live.com is where you can find us. And of course, we're heading into year end, and we have a really special opportunity that I'm kind of announcing here because it just launched. Oh, wow. uh, but we have a generous, um, higher than ever match gift of $250,000. Oh, and fantastic. so uh, somebody can double their impact uh, by deciding to be a part of us. Uh, but you know, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, your local pregnancy center needs you with prayer, uh, with service, and with those funds uh, to be able to do what they do. Well, that's tremendous. So uh, one more question kind of along these lines, which is I'm guessing that a lot of, uh, a lot of women who have an unplanned pregnancy don't really know about pregnancy resource centers. They, all they know is either I gotta go to my OBGYN or I have to go get an abortion or maybe that's the one and the same thing. But how do we get people better informed about this, uh, this option for them? You know, sometimes I, I will have somebody say, how do I even know where to find a pregnancy center? Uh, and my quick and easy response to that uh, is doing an internet search. Uh, you know, I talked about there's two affiliating bodies of pregnancy center um, uh, affiliation groups. Uh, one is called CareNet and one is called Heartbeat. Mm -hmm. uh, CareNet's resource, if you were to search CareNet Pregnancy Center, you're gonna find all the pregnancy centers in the US. Uh, if you were to search Heartbeat International Pregnancy Center, you're not only gonna find US pregnancy centers, you're gonna find pregnancy centers around the world. And so for worldwide listeners, uh, I got a chance to visit with the center leader in Israel. Uh, my wife and I were in Israel earlier this year. And uh, there's a pregnancy center in Israel. There are pregnancy centers all over the globe. And so, uh, like when I say there's a pregnancy center near you, in most cases, that's gonna be true, almost certainly in the United States and increasingly the world over. Well, that's fantastic. So, um, uh, folks, this is the live call-in show, so I wanna remind you, call into the number on your screen, 719-619-2341. And we do have a caller on the line. I'll go ahead and go uh, to this caller now. Rich, I'd like to, uh, welcome Frank to the show. Frank, thank you for calling in from the state of Missouri. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, just fine and dandy. It's great to hear you guys, you know, fighting the battle, fighting the good fight. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I've been praying for, I've been doing this in the spirit realm for 50 years praying and, you know, praise God. It Roe versus way. But what's the big deal about it, man? You know, how did that, how did that uh, stop uh, uh, the federal government from money's flowing, to, you know, to, to support Moloch, to support mm. the, the, the devouring of children? You know, how did it, how did that Roe versus way stop the money, so, Richard? Well, Rich, what do you think about that? Now, Roe versus Wade didn't stop money from flowing. It enabled money to flow, right? I mean, in yeah. a way. Well, if only it stopped money from flowing. You know, unfortunately, and I really appreciate the call, Frank, you know, over half a billion dollars of our taxpayer money goes to the largest abortion provider in our country, which is Planned Parenthood. And so that, unfortunately, hasn't changed. Uh, over a half a billion dollars of taxpayer funds 
goes to Planned Parenthood. What Roe versus Wade did was take it out of the federal government's hand and make abortion a state decision. It's significant. Babies' lives are being saved, but as we talked about earlier, uh, that's really just the beginning. Yeah, you're saying when when uh, that Roe ver Roe versus Wade was the decision in 1973, where the Supreme Court said there's a right to abortion in the Constitution, and states you can't restrict that right except maybe in the third trimester, and it was all real murky and everything, and that's what enabled um, millions of abortions, literally in America, over 60, what, 65 million approximately over the 50-year period, and then that case, though, was overturned uh, last year by a case called Dobbs versus Mississippi, and Dobbs said, now this question is really one for the states to regulate, there is no constitutional right to abortion. And so um, now it's a state-by-state -state battle, and some people are saying the federal government can now intervene as well. Um, and so uh, we're fighting it on the individual level, right? We are, and you know, I mentioned those 14 states earlier that have profound protections uh, for babies in the womb. In many of those 14 states, there are now state funds that are going to those pro-life pregnancy centers. Uh, that is a big change, and that is largely a post-Roe change. And so that does represent one more very significant change that's happened since that Dobbs decision last June. Yeah, and you know, some states like Colorado and California, they Re, have reacted to Dobbs by lurching further towards the death culture, uh, if I could say it that way. And, and tell us about Colorado, what's happened here? Yeah, you know, I think Colorado is trying to out California, California when it comes to abortion, sadly. And so most recently, this past April, uh, there was a law that was drafted by legislators. They didn't come up with it, uh, but there was a law that was drafted, and it was specifically coming after Colorado's pregnancy centers. And it alleged two things. Number one, it said that pregnancy centers are somehow deceiving women and they need to have their advertising regulated. And there's a similar law that actually passed in Connecticut. And I think right now there's another law uh, that's going after that in Illinois. And that was the first piece of this law. Well, our ads weren't deceptive before the law and they aren't deceptive today. And so that wasn't the biggest piece for us. Uh, although it doesn't feel good to have your legislature come after you. Uh, but the second and more tragic piece, and I think this is very very significant in Colorado, but I think is now going to play itself out in other states, was it made Colorado the first state to ban what's called abortion pill reversal. And we touched on that a little bit earlier, uh, but in that two-step chemical abortion process, uh, you have got a narrow window after a woman takes that first pill, which stops the flow of progesterone to prescribe progesterone. And so under the care of our medical director, uh, we, were, we were able to provide progesterone. And for us, what we would see is about three out of four times that woman's pregnancy would be saved. The national data says 68% of the time. And Colorado decided we need to make that illegal. And so even with more than 10 years of data showing that 68% of the time a woman's baby is saved before that second pill, um, that was uh, that was a, a law that passed. It's being fought in the courts right now, uh, and actually there's one center uh, in Denver leading the way called Bella Health on that. 
they got a, a great judge uh, that actually has given them initial protection in that. But my prayer and hope is that the judge is going to overturn that bad law completely and pregnancy centers will be able to continue to prescribe progesterone, the same progesterone that that first pill stops. Rich, I'm, I'm confused. Not really, but I'm confused. Uh, I thought it was my body, my choice. Okay, I thought I thought the pro pro choice people were all about a woman woman having all the quote unquote healthcare options she was entitled to. Now now those same people though have gone and said, wait, you can't give her the option of stopping the abortion chemical abortion once she took the first pill. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah, and that was a point that was made by myself and many others on the legislative floor. And the only way that that's being refuted, and it is not a, a, a worthy defense, is, well, it's not proven. There's been no trial that shows that abortion pill reversal is effective. Well. I would disagree. There's 10 years of experience. Uh, last year, we provided abortion pill reversal treatments for seven women. Six of those babies were saved. So either chemical abortions are horribly ineffective, uh, or six of those babies were saved by prescribing progesterone and stopping the effects of that first pill. And so uh, logic is not entering into it. And you know, this whole legislation that was drafted here in Colorado was not something that our legislators came up with. It's something that um, abortion advocates came up with, took to legislators to get them to pass. And so, you know, I've also had the question. Yeah, look, can you pause for just a yeah. second on that? I just want people to absorb what you just said. The legislature didn't come up with this law. It was Planned Parenthood that came up with this ban on abortion pill reversal. It was Planned Parenthood and other pro-abortion groups, but I would say led by our nation's abortion provider. And I've had people ask me, Richard, well, why? They got their money. Why do they care about giving that woman that choice mm. to undo that abortion? And you know, the reality is it is a terrible narrative for the pro-abortion movement that so soon after taking that first pill, a woman has regret and wants to undo that abortion. And so that, that's the why behind it. Uh, it is a terrible narrative uh, that women sit and weep in the parking lot of an abortion clinic regretting that decision. And a lot of times we have met women who were shocked that they had to make that decision on the spot or felt like they had to and take that first pill and then take the second pill with them. And so, um, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a really interesting situation to remove that choice. And that's what's playing out right now here in Colorado. Yeah, well, uh, it kind of is a, a good place, I think, to sort of segue into talking about uh, the biblical issue here, sort of the spiritual component of all of this, Rich. And we're coming up on a break here with about a minute 50 left. But let me let me see if I can tee this up. It, it's, it seems to me that there's something deeper going on here on a spiritual level when it comes to abortion. Um, and that for those folks who are advocating so ardently, um, you know, to, to look at, say, abortion up until birth, for example, is so clearly immoral, so clearly contrary to human nature for a woman to do that. I mean, we're talking about a baby, a child that can live outside the womb that, um, you know, has feelings, has, 
just is, a, is totally a person. But you're saying that woman still has the right to kill that baby. There's got to be some of something else going on here for people to think that that's actually uh, a good and a lawful thing to do. So, so we, um, <clears throat> why don't we pick up your answer when we come back from the break? Because I know it's going to be uh, pretty in depth. But, ladies and gentlemen, you're watching the Truth and Liberty Live Calling Show, and I'm Richard Harris. And uh, Rich Bennett is my guest today. He's the CEO of Life Network here in Colorado Springs, uh, our neighbors down the hill, as we say. And uh, we're just having a really fascinating, great discussion today. And you know, abortion is not just a women's issue. It's not uh, a tangent. It's something that all of us are facing as Americans, as Christians, as we continue to see thousands and thousands of innocent human beings murdered in silence, murdered in the darkness, and uh, their lives being snuffed out. And we all, I think it's incumbent on all of us to do everything we can to end this genocide. So that's why I keep bringing it before you here today. But I want to encourage you, call in today with your questions and comments, uh, 719-619-2341. We're going to take a break, uh, 90 seconds long, and we'll be right back after sharing some important information with you. Don't go away. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through ARMY. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an ARMY member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Well, welcome back to the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. I, I really think that I could take three hours here, Rich, and, and talk to you about all this. I've got way more notes and questions than I think we're going to be able to get through. Uh, but again, guys, call in with your questions and comments. The phone lines are open, 719 excuse me, 719-619-2341. And uh, we, we just started uh, dipping our toe in this subject of what are the, the biblical and moral issues here with abortion. Um, and, and so can you comment on kind of what I was saying, Rich? Is there something more going on here under the surface uh, than just a woman's right to choose? You know, we talk at our centers about it being a spiritual battle. And I think no verse lays this battle out better than John 10.10. 10. 
the front part of that verse, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The ultimate example of destruction is abortion. And so when we see what's going on in our country, when we see what's going on internationally with 73 million abortions internationally, worldwide, uh, that is the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. The hopeful part of that verse is the second part. Uh, I have come, Christ has come, that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I love that verse in application to what we get to do in pregnancy centers. Well, we're pointing women and men uh, to the reality that life is growing inside that woman. And then we're pointing them with permission to abundant life with Jesus Christ. Mm. And in those moments where a woman is facing most likely the biggest decision of her young life, um, God works in amazing ways in that moment. Yeah, he does. And we have women who make decisions for Christ at the same time that they're making decisions to parent. That is the ultimate example of the back half of that verse. Life and having it abundantly. You probably have a, have a whole line on your budget for Kleenex. <laughs> I, I will say this, uh, never have I worked somewhere where there is more Kleenex in more rooms than in our pregnancy centers. I bet so, I bet so. So, um, the, you know, you mentioned earlier something that I've always found fascinating. I learned this when I went through the training there, but that a woman um, actually would rather a, she would rather, a, typically speaking, would rather abort the baby than give the baby up for adoption. Now, I want to kind of look into that a little bit. That seems, to a man at least, that's hard to fathom, right? Yeah. But I think it has something to do with, um, for the woman, the idea of going all the way through the pregnancy and then having a baby uh, that which is undeniably part of her and a living human being and then she has to go against all of her motherly instincts and surrender that child to someone else that's almost more painful than doing away with the pregnancy in sort of a medical procedure is that yeah, how, how it works no richard you've said it well and i think that is the most courageous decision in a lot of ways uh, because it is the ultimate sacrifice. It's a woman uh, sacrificing her needs for nine months for the needs of that child. Now women who um, go all the way through pregnancy uh, do that every day, but for a woman who wasn't expecting to be pregnant, to make that decision in what is in typically a very difficult circumstance for her, maybe a circumstance where she's all alone, uh, that is an incredibly difficult decision. And I think, uh, unfortunately, it is a decision that all too many women rule out for the very reasons you mentioned of it. It just feels like, how could I carry that baby uh, and then give up that baby? And really what that betrays is um, the acknowledgement of the humanity there of that child. That's it, isn't it, yeah. right? Right, it reveals sort of the, that, that <clears throat> if, if I go down that road, I can no longer deny that this is a human being inside me. I mean, right? Is it? And so, um, the abortion uh, in, in a, inevitably brings up the question of what is this thing called life? What is, who are we as human beings? Right? How do you handle that? How do you how do you talk about that? 
Yeah, well, and, and I'm mindful of, you know, if we're the, uh, the friends down the hill with our pregnancy centers in Colorado Springs, uh, our friends further up the hill at Summit Ministries, yeah. uh, they held a fascinating debate. This was a couple, three years ago, uh, and it was with a pro-life lecturer on their staff, and then it was uh, with an abortionist, an African-American gentleman named Willie Parker, uh, who claims to be a Christian. And what was fascinating, Richard, in this debate was uh, Willie Parker, Dr. Partner, Parker, who's performed over 2,000 abortions, and again, calls himself a Christian, um, said, oh, I know that it's human life. Um, and then he even made a joke, it's not a cat. So I know that what I'm ending the life of is a human being. But then he said, um, but it's not a person. Mm. And I do think, that's really where our culture has gone on the issue of abortion is, um, you know, increasingly with ultrasound technology, um, you know, it's impossible to deny the humanity of that child, but somehow that life is less valuable until it's outside the womb. And that's what we're saying as a culture when we set, you know, when you're a state that sets, uh, you know, a, a date and says at 20 weeks, life is valuable. Mm -hmm. um, well, why at 20 weeks? Well, because life can be born, uh, you know, babies can be born alive at now amazingly 21, 22 weeks. Um, but the reality is they know, we know it's a human being. Science tells us it's a human being. And so now this class of, but it's not a person. And I just think that that's really uh, interesting in terms of really just, you know, the eugenic mindset that is behind that of making a decision to terminate a human being but when it's a person, then that's a different decision. Yeah, you know, uh, I was watching a, a, a speech, actually it was somewhat of a debate, uh, with Kristen Hawkins and Students for Life that she had posted on YouTube. And um, she had one of, her, uh, one of her other workers with her there and they were both fielding questions on a college campus. They were in a big room and um, it was absolutely appalling the things that were being said in this. And one of the, one of the things that I remember was this, this man, young man stands up and he's taking the position that uh, life really doesn't exist until there's consciousness. Okay. So, all right. So she starts engaging him. What's consciousness and when does it begin? And of course he didn't know, uh, didn't have any definite, but then somehow the conversation got off onto AI right? And well, AI is conscious. And so Kristen says to him, so would it be wrong to destroy an AI computer? Yes, but it's okay to destroy an unborn baby before you think it has consciousness. Yes, that's okay. You see the moral depravity of this is incredible. If we don't recognize that all human life, regardless of its stage is inherently sacred. Am I right? No, you're exactly right. And I think what that gentleman revealed in scripture refers to it a couple different times as being captured by the lies of the world. Uh, that is an individual that is a prime example of being captured by the lies of this world. And sometimes I will be speaking somewhere and I'll have somebody ask a question, you know, how could they possibly believe that? You know, Frank, our caller earlier, I mean, he's just kind of like dumbfounded. Um, and for me, what I go back on is, you know, Scripture tells us these are individuals who are captured by the lies of the world. And so they're not making a logical, rational argument or decision. They're captured by the ultimate deceiver. And then in, sadly, in a lot of cases, 
deceiving others as mm -hmm. a result. Yeah, and that same logic, though, can lead to some really tragic choices even outside the womb, right? So if we're going to evaluate the value, if we're going to say life has less value the less conscious you are, what does that mean for people with severe developmental problems or even for those who, um, you know, are maybe in the latter stages of life with, you know, senility and this sort of thing? And we're seeing that degrade in our culture too, right? Oh, that was one of the huge long-term consequences of the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973. The value, the devaluing of life in its earliest stages has absolutely led to the devaluing of all life. And you look at the legislation over time of, you know, pro-death, end-of-life legislation, uh, you know, countries that are removing birth defects by, you know, aborting out birth defects. Um, I mean, really, um, you know, the advent of abortion paved the way for the devaluing of all life. And, and I mean, it just makes sense unfortunately, rationally, that when you devalue life in its earliest form, now everything's on the table yeah. uh, and, and all life is at risk. So it, it, um, I don't want to get, you know, super philosophical here, but really and truly, we, we as Christians, we've got to know what we believe and why we believe it, don't we? And it seems to me that the, the key to it all is God. And if you don't, uh, if you don't recognize, if you don't acknowledge that life comes from God, that God made us, and therefore life is intrinsically sacred. If you take God out of the picture, then I'm not really going to be that critical of you if you think there's some other stage where life becomes valuable, because there is no intrinsic value, right, other than that, well, we're more advanced than, you know, grasshoppers, I suppose, but am, am, I, am I right here that the, the God connection is the key? Absolutely. I mean, my calling to value life that I talked about earlier uh, started in the first year of my wife and I's marriage. And so we got plugged into an amazing Sunday school class. And I was just a few weeks in, and you'll appreciate this. Um, the, there were eight couples in our class uh, that were 20-somethings. And then we had a sage wisdom couple. They were in their 30s. <laughs> uh, and the gentleman in that couple was a guy named Mike. I actually got to see Mike earlier this year. And Mike said something, uh, and again, I was 23 at the time, so you'll have to forgive my belief at 23. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but he said, um, you know, when I go to uh, vote, uh, which of course election day is tomorrow, uh, when I go to vote, the number one thing I look at is where does that candidate stand on life? And I was like, really? Of all of the issues, you first and foremost look at that. And he said, absolutely. And it's because God has so much to say about the value of life. Mm -hmm. And out of that, he actually led a group of guys in that Sunday school class through a four-week study where we went through scripture after scripture and analyzing, uh, okay, the first book, uh, the first chapter of the first book talks about God creating mankind in his own image. Right. What does that mean? And we'd wrestle through that. Okay, now turn the page. In chapter two, we were created by the very breath of God. You're two pages into the Bible and we already see that God has a huge heart for life. We're created in His image, we're created by His very breath. And Scripture goes on and on to esteem and value life. It's no wonder that the enemy is coming after it because it is closest to the heart of God. Right, right. Well, Rich, uh, let's take a break here and take a question from our audience, shall we? We've got Ann who's on the line from Texas. 
uh, Anne, you're a partner with the ministry. Thank you so much for your generous support. What's your question today? Oh, you're very welcome. I'm blessed that you all are there for us because we need all the help we can to be able to defend our faith and stand for what the Scripture teaches is the right way. I get a lot of um, right-to-life, pro-life stuff sent to me, and a lot of them want me to contact my leader, my, my representative, or my senator, or city council member and do this or do that. And I've been always wondering, do they get all at once all these messages that are very similar and just trash them, figuring that it's some smear campaign or something, or do they really have to count them and consider them? Great question. Yeah, and I can't speak for all senators, all congressmen, um, but I will talk about um, there's one pro-abortion uh, legislator who I'm aware of who was personally replying when that law was being passed here in Colorado. Now, he still didn't agree with us, um, but I, I really was you know, impressed that he was trying to personally reply uh, to some of the questions that were being raised. But I think like anything, uh, it depends on the individual. Uh, it may be a staffer that's replying. Uh, a lot of cases you see evidence of you're getting a blanket reply, right? Um, and it might just be their position on life. But there's absolutely instances, and Richard, I'm sure you can think of some too, where there was you know, just an overwhelming wave of constituents asserting that they needed to, their voice needed to be heard, and it makes a difference. And so, you know, I think I applaud you for, for making that effort. And while it is on a case-by-case, person-by-person basis, uh, God can use that. And so I would just encourage you, uh, I think that can make a profound difference depending on the circumstances and the individual you're writing. Yeah, that's right. I, I can't add a whole lot to that except... Yeah, and I would say that I think um, the more organic the contact is, the more persuasive it will be. In other words, if it's obviously a canned email uh, and he's getting you know a thousand of the same email, uh, then you know the the legislator will recognize that this is a uh, an action alert type of software that's being used. So the better approach, if we when we can do it, is to have a customizable part to it or flavor to it. Um, the best thing that you can do is to actually write your own letter or call yourself or send in your own postcard or even go and knock on his door and meet him in person. Uh, so those are going to be the most persuasive. And the more, or, so the more organic and the more numerous the organic contacts, the more persuasive it is because the legislator will sense this is real. The, my, my constituents really do care about that. It's not just the right wing organization out here trying to drum up whatever. So, so, but even, even then, even if, if all you've got is a canned email from somebody like Truth and Liberty, <laughs> even if that's all you've got, go ahead and do it because it's better than nothing, right? It's better than being silent. So that's my view on it. Yeah, and I think depending on the representative, you know, uh, most people who are serving in public office, they want to be reelected. Yes. And so if they're in a place uh, where that election is at all in jeopardy, uh, if you and thousands of others are weighing in an issue, that's going to get their attention. Yeah, that's right. Well, good question. Thank you, Ann, for calling in. And uh, so we're talking uh, right now, Rich, or we were, sort of about the biblical and moral question of life. And um, so as I was meditating on this the other day, you know, you've got commandments, you've got throughout scripture, you know, God prohibits 
death. He prohibits killing. I mean, the very first sin uh, that we, uh, except for Adam and Eve eating the forbidden fruit, was was uh, Cain killing his brother Abel. And uh, you know, God said, "His blood cries out to me from the ground." Uh, Noah, uh, after the ark, God says, uh, uh, if "A man who sheds." blood by man shall his blood be shed. And then we see in the law of Moses, thou shalt not kill. And consistently throughout scripture, you refer to Jesus saying, you know, the, it's the devil that comes to kill and I come to give life. Um, but I was meditating on this the other day and I thought of God's, pers- his restrictions on sexual activity. Hmm. God says, you know, flee fornication, do not commit adultery. This is for a husband and a wife. And I think there's something else in there besides just God doesn't want us to lust or something. I think it has to do with the preciousness of human life and God wants it done in a certain way, the creation of it so that that child can be raised in the right way. I mean, does that tie into this discussion at all? It does. And, you know, we know that sin has consequences. And so when we're talking about women and men who are facing an unexpected pregnancy, um, when they make that courageous decision to parent, um, that's just the beginning of a continued difficult journey. Mm -hmm. And it is a consequence of that sin. Now they can compound that by sitting on top of that and choosing abortion. Um, And then, you know, we're going to reap what we sow out of that. Um, But, you know, it is then sweet to see God redeeming those circumstances. And we do know that no sin is beyond the forgiveness of our almighty God. To say otherwise would be to put limits on God. And so, you know, undoubtedly, you know, you look at the, the data that would say, you know, one in four churchgoers have experienced an abortion. You know, there are men and women who have this tragedy in their background, and hopefully God has redeemed that for them. Um, You know, we didn't talk about it earlier, but that's something that our pregnancy center offers, and most pregnancy centers around the country offer what's called post-abortion healing. Mm. Where in the context of community, typically women can come together with other women and receive healing biblical healing in the context of community. And so we have a curriculum that's nine weeks long and women refute the lie that somehow they've made a decision that was worse, that was, you know, unforgivable. uh, unforgivable. And in hearing the stories of other women in seeking God in scripture, uh, they may believe they were forgiven here, but now that forgiveness starts to penetrate their hearts. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably the smallest but most profound ministry in terms of just the healing that can occur for a woman and at times a man. Usually a man is gonna go through that one-on-one with an individual on our team. Uh, But last year we had 35 women who received healing through our post-abortion healing program. And so, you know, wherever you are, if that's you and you've bought the lie uh, that that is somehow the unforgivable sin, uh, there's likely a pregnancy center near you. You could search online, or if you're here in El Paso County, uh, reach out to us at Life Network. But, you know, that is another way the enemy works is through shame and believing that that consequence of that, you know, violation of biblical sexual integrity that you talked about somehow now can't be redeemed. Uh, God is in the business of redemption, and those are some of the sweetest redemption stories we get to see. So um, this begs the question to me, does abortion harm? We we know it, of course, it kills the child, 
but does it actually harm the woman? Even if there's no medical complications, is the woman suffering harm? Yeah, and, and you know, our experience from what women tell us is um, almost always, uh, and if not, it's uh, because a woman has so shut down that part of them that they're just not allowing themselves to go there. Uh, but our experience tells us, and women's own stories, tell us that it does profound harm for them. And I'm reminded of the very first time that I spoke in a church as a man about our post-abortion healing ministry. And the enemy was, was in my ear saying, you only have five minutes, you don't have time to talk about it. But I really felt the spirit leading me to talk about that in that moment. And so I did, I just took 30 seconds and I said, you know, there may be somebody here who has that in their background there's healing for you and reach out to us. A woman who was about probably 65 years of age came mm. up to me and she shared her story of an abortion four decades ago and just the weight and how the enemy has wreaked havoc in her life over 40 years as a result of that abortion decision four decades earlier. And then she topped off what she said with, and Rich, you're just the second person that I've ever told. That is the enemy using shame mm -hmm. uh, in a profound way to prevent a woman from receiving and allowing that forgiveness to penetrate her heart. And thankfully, we were able to get her connected with our post-abortion healing program. But that is something that happens around the country at pregnancy centers, uh, profound healing in the wake of, obviously, a tragic decision. Yeah, yeah. So comment, if you would, then, on... Um, I think there's still a lot of people out there today who say, oh, it's just a lump of cells or it's just tissue. What's the right response to that argument? Now, it may depend upon what phase you are in the pregnancy, but even from conception, what's the right answer? You know, it's interesting. Um, I've got uh, an adult son now, and he first enrolled at Colorado State. And we went to the good old fashioned bookstore. I think ultimately he started ordering his books online, but he's walking <laughs> yeah, through and he's picking books. out his books at the bookstore. And so I have, I, I actually sought out uh, the biology section in the, the, there in the bookstore. And I found a book that was titled Embryology and then something complicated after that. And I plucked it off the shelf and I looked up and there in that embryology book, um, obviously not taking a Christian worldview, scientifically it said birth, that, that conception is the beginning of life. They're in that embryology textbook. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you do still have some that will assert uh, it's a blob of cells, uh, but increasingly science, that embryology textbook and ultrasound, we know uh, that a heartbeat begins at three weeks. We can hear it, we can detect it as early as five weeks and four days. That's the earliest we've been able to at our centers. And so we know uh, that that's a life. And so when somebody, what they're really doing, uh, you know, you, you, I would say you don't wanna have that argument. Uh, you wanna start to talk to them uh, about, you know, why do you think that? Mm -hmm. uh, and really unpack the why behind that. And what I've found is, um, you know, there could very well be uh, direct experience with abortion directly or indirectly, and they're telling that lie to themselves to protect themselves. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're trying to justify it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you've got a human, you've got two human parents, and you've got a unique set of human DNA unlike any other person in the world and a growing organism that is, by definition, a human being, right? I mean, 
scientifically speaking, there's no other way around that. Absolutely, yeah. A heartbeat begins at three weeks. We can detect it at about six weeks, and that's right about when brain waves begin as okay. well. And those are just signs of life. Of course, we know biblically life begins at conception. Right, right. Well, so let's talk about um, uh, the harm that abortion does to fathers. Again, just circling back now to the 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 fathers of these unborn children and women who go through with it, are, are they victims as well in this process? Without question. Um, and, you know, I think about a pastor that I know who at least once a year makes a practice of teaching on the life issue. And it's because before he became a believer, uh, he had firsthand experience of being the father of a baby that was aborted. And it still is emotional for him, even though God has redeemed that, uh, redeemed him as a Christian. He's now a pastor and teaching God's word. Um, but that is still something that, you know, God is using and God has redeemed, but it's still part of his story. And we see that with guys that come back to us uh, where uh, that woman makes a decision for abortion, one that he didn't support, and we will journey with him. And I mentioned typically that's a one-on-one -on -one journey, but for every one of those one in four women, there's one in four men that if they know about that abortion, are, can be carrying that weight as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, so we've got a question that came in online here uh, that I think is a good one. And it, this viewer is asking whether there should be more emphasis on preventing unwanted pregnancy mm. um, rather than eliminating them. And I suppose that means rather than fixing it after the fact. but. Do, do you ever think about that, and, and does the church do enough on that to help? Um, you know, I know that abortion is not just unmarried people, right? But but it, over most people that seek abortions are unmarried. How do we? How do we do a better job of preventing unwanted pregnancy? Yeah, and that's a great question. And I would say, you know, I talked about those STD appointments that we provide, and those are one-on-one -on -one appointments to help a young woman or help a young man just reflect on where they are, why they are where they are, and to make healthier decisions in the future. So that's one way. Uh, there's something called sexual risk avoidance curriculum. And believe it or not, mm -hmm. uh, in the schools in Colorado Springs and in schools around the country, uh, many will allow the teaching of what's called sexual risk avoidance. Uh, it used to be referred to as abstinence. But really what it is, is what is medically true when it comes to sexual health. Uh, and without invoking scripture, which you can't do in a public school, you can invoke medical and health data and science that points to the healthiest decision for a young person is to save sexuality for a mutually committed relationship commonly known as marriage. We get to say that in classrooms in Colorado Springs, and we have trainers that train on that uh, because that's what's medically true. And I like to say, Richard, it turns out the Bible works, yes. and what is medically yes. true uh, is also scripturally reinforced. And so education is absolutely part of that. And that can be in youth groups as well, where now you right. can make that biblical connection and talk about um, you know, our value coming from God. Mm -hmm. Is this, uh, is the whole question of you know, I've heard preachers over time, as I've been serving the Lord, say things like, you know, sex outside of marriage is a sin. But I, I seldom hear much deeper preaching or teaching on sexual morality or anything that really is going to help people make better choices. Do you think we could do a better job on that? 
Oh, I think there's no doubt. I think, you know, there are people in our congregations that are living together and then coming to church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some pastors that maybe don't want to enter into that because they don't want to lose members of their congregation. But just teach what is true. And you can do that in a loving but very direct way, uh, truth balancing grace, mm -hmm. uh, and be able to address that issue. And I know couples that have started uh, in a relationship that is unhealthy and unbiblical and then made a decision to pull out of that. And so like anything, uh, you know, you can make a decision that is different than the yeah. decision you're making today. Well, Rich, thank you so much for coming on the show, everybody. This, we're down to just a minute left here and you've been uh, watching and hearing um, a conversation between me and Rich Bennett, the CEO of Life Network, which is a network of, uh, of uh, pregnancy resource centers located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, a strategic partner of Andrew Womack Ministries and, and Truth and Liberty. And we just treasure the work they're doing. And it uh, truly is a great work of the Lord. And uh, I just want to put your website up one more time. If we could do that, guys, it's elifenetwork.com. And I'm sure if you decided to support them financially, they would not be upset about that at all. We win at all. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, if you're in the Colorado Springs area and you want to support them with your volunteering or you want to get better educated, reach out to them. If you live in other places, find a PRC near you and get educated, volunteer and help them out. Well, Rich, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, to all of you, thanks for watching. And we'll see you again next time here on the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. Thank you so much for watching. God bless you all. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.